Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I hope you had a wonderful sports Equinox weekend, everybody. It's your Yahoo Sports Canada daily podcast for Monday, October 28th. But first, sports. Good morning and happy Monday to you. What a weekend in sports. It was coined the Sports Equinox. We got action from all four of the major sports on the same day and plenty of of other stuff as well. Last night alone had a little bit of everything for everybody. No time to waste. Let's get right into it. There was regular season NBA action, hockey games, week eight, the NFL, and game five of the World Series all on Sunday alone. The groove left by your butt on your couch probably got a quality workout this weekend, I would guess, and hopefully your delivery guy got a good tip as well. And now we are back to the work week, and we are back to looking back at the sports that were happening on the weekend, the Raptors squeeze in a pair of games in the weekend, going back-to-back on Friday and Saturday night. On Friday, Raptors took a loss at the hands of the Boston Celtics. Pascal Siakam started out slow, uh, and people spent the first quarter and a half sort of quietly unloading all their doubts about his play as a first option on a team. But he poured it on strong the rest of the way. He finished with 33 points, 8 rebounds on the night. Cal Lowry very sharp as well. He had 29 with 7 dimes. The issue was that nobody besides Serge Ibaka's 13 finished the game in double digits. And the bigger story was the Raptors' issues rebounding and with turnovers. The Seas pulled down 21 offensive boards. And when you combine that with the uncharacteristic 23 turnovers from Toronto, the Celtics ended up attempting 31 more shots than the Raptors, which more than makes up for the fact that they shot just 38.5% from the floor. There was no rest for Toronto, who turned right around and headed to Chicago to play the Bulls the very next night. It was a much better story against a much worse team on Saturday. The Raptors cruised most of the way to a 108-84 win in that one. Balanced scoring attack, the harbinger of success in this game. Siakam had 19, Ibaka had 18, Van Vliet had 16, Kyle Lowry had 11-7-8. and eight. And the real standout performer from Saturday was OG Ananobi. He posted a 17-6-4 line. The four was blocks, four blocks. He was electric on both ends of the floor. His rejections were all highlight reel stuff. Uh, generally, running amok up and down the court, OG Ananobi. To join me this morning to break it all down from the Raptors weekend that was from The Athletic, it's Blake Murphy. You know him, you love him. The, the number one done in Raptors coverage. Blake, one good game, one bad game. What are your takeaways from the Raptors weekend that was? Ah, who cares about the Raptors? The Raptors 905 Media Day is on Monday morning. Come on, man. That's uh that's where the real action is. You want you want to talk about Tyler Ennis and Saigaba Kanate? <laughs> Let's go. I think if you're if you're looking for takeaways from the weekend, uh the biggest one that stands out, turnovers I'm not as worried about. The Raptors the entire time, this isn't entirely Kyle Lowry's 
doing, but since they've gotten Lowry, they've never been even a league average team turning the ball over. They've always protected the ball well, and I think that that's something they can clean up pretty naturally. Um, I do not see the team being a good defensive rebounding team. Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka are both, you know, okay defensive rebounders for centers. Siakam's a pretty good defensive rebounder. Uh, you know, over two years, OG is not a great defensive rebounder for his size and position. Uh, they're starting two point guards right now, which Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry are both above average rebounders for their position, but you're still starting to, um, you know, point guards who, until the NBA certified those heights, we assumed were under six feet tall. We're now told they're six feet and six foot one, which uh, makes me over six feet tall, which is great. Um, but I think that's the big concern coming out of that split and that loss to Boston is that this is probably not a team that's going to rebound um, any better than average. And that means there are going to be frustrating nights. On the plus side, uh, OG Ananobi was really the story of Saturday. Uh, what did you like about uh, what you saw from OG over the weekend? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously, if you can get 17 points from the guy who's supposed to be your fifth starter, you're in really good shape. And I've been impressed with how OG's offensive game looks so far. But the big thing that stood out was he blocked four shots. And that's, you know, it's one game. Four block shots is not something that you can now book him in for every night. Um, Maybe not even one or two. But I, I thought the way that those block shots came about um if, even if you look back to the opener he blocked two shots in the opener both as a help defender helping off of someone on the perimeter to make something happen at the rim and, and you look at the four blocks he had against chicago three of those were in transition and they weren't chase down blocks they were i'm gonna come off my man and meet this guy in transition at the rim and i think those are the type of blocks that one they speak to he's reading the game at a high level um, two, they, it speaks to his bounce and his athleticism is where it needs to be after, you know, a couple of years dealing with coming back from the ACL tear out of college. And then last year dealing with myriad injuries. Um, and then I think it just like, it speaks at least some degree to his confidence level where he's, he's comfortable leaving his guy to try to make plays happen. And, you know, they don't need him as much on offense, but if he can be that guy on defense, if he can be locking down opposing teams, primary scores and helping on defense around the rim and in the paint, that's a that's a huge addition to his defensive game. We've always been pretty optimistic about his defensive potential. That's a that's a new wrinkle that like I don't think many people saw um, being added to OG's game. Like he's he can be a lockdown guy one on one, but if he can also be a factor as a help defender, that's that's a huge addition as well. Now, not to you know check the X's Instagram here, but Kawhi Leonard with the uh, Clippers has looked very, very good. Uh, they lost to the Suns, though, so, you know, grains of salt. Yeah. Wow. What, have you, what have you thought of the beginning uh, of the Clippers season and his fit? Yeah, the big thing for me, first of all, they're operating without Paul George, right? So anything the Clippers are doing right now, you also have to drop in, hey, this guy who was an MVP candidate last year is also getting dropped back into this. Um, but I think that, you know, Clippers-Lakers was the most informative in that you it really highlighted how much deeper the Clippers are. No disrespect to summer league god Alex Caruso, <laughs> but the Lakers are relying a lot on summer league god Alex Caruso. Um, the Clippers have depth. They have Lou Williams coming off the bench. They have Patrick Beverly to defend. Montres Harrell is a great pick and roll partner for, for Lou or for Kawhi or for Paul George or whoever. Um, they've got some pieces. Uh, the biggest thing that stood out to me, though, was, you know, we talked at times last year about how, oh, 
Kawhi's back to being a superstar scorer. He's got that gear when he decides in the fourth quarter lockdown defensively. But, you know, his, he's not playmaking like a superstar yet. And he's never really had that element to his game. And it got better during the playoffs. But for him to come out and set a career high in assists in his very first game as a Clipper with nine dimes without Paul George. And it's like, oh, shit, like if this guy has another level like every like I didn't pick him for MVP because I don't know if he's going to play enough games but like if he plays 70 games and he looks like he looked opening night he's going to win MVP like if he's if he's not only scoring that much and that efficiently and then you add that oh suddenly he's a superstar level playmaker too it's I mean he was already the toughest one of the toughest checks in the league and now he's one of the most dynamic and and versatile as well After taking Sunday off, the Raptors are at it again tonight. They take on the Orlando Magic at home in Toronto. Orlando, 1-1 on the season. They beat the Cavs opening night and had a close loss to the Atlanta Hawks on Saturday. Tip-off for that game, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time tonight. Call it a rematch, if you will, of the first round of last year's NBA playoffs. The Raptors, not the only team in Toronto, saddled with a back-to-back on Friday and Saturday over the weekend. The Maple Leafs who seem to be playing back-to-backs like every time they play. They, they hosted the Sharks on Friday night and turned around to head to Montreal for Hockey Night in Canada against the Habs on Saturday. It started out on the good foot. Maple Leafs, who had Freddie Anderson in net, I might add, in Game 1. They did it more than enough to seal a 4-1 win, taking two points on the front half of the two games. Jake Muzzin, Morgan Riley, Ilya Mikheyev, and Austin Matthews all picked up goals in that game. That was really... Just an example of a talented team overpowering a Sharks team that had a lot working against them coming into it. The Sharks on a second half of a back-to-back of their own, not to mention a West Coast team in the East. Plus, well, they just aren't off to a good start this year and haven't had good goaltending in a while. Let's just say a while. So the Leafs, all that momentum, then go to Montreal to face their longest-running rivals, and it was a dud. For the Buds, a 5-2 loss on Hockey Night in Canada and really just a frustrating 60 minutes of hockey for the Maple Leafs. The Canadians had the jump on them most of the game, most of the way, and the consensus from most observers and me, I'll say it, was the relative inactivity from Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. They were a little invisible, and when they were visible, they weren't great uh, in that one down the stretch. Jonathan Drouin scored twice for the Habs. Brendan Gallagher, Nick Suzuki, and Joel Armia added goals of their own for Montreal. The Canadians made a laugher out of it in Hockey Night in Canada. The Maple Leafs back at it again on Tuesday. They have a date at home against the Washington Capitals. The Caps currently on top of the Metro division right now. They're 8-2-3 and three out of the gate. They won the first meeting between these two teams about two weeks ago, October 16th, if you remember. Uh, elsewhere on the ice this weekend, there was an outdoor game on Saturday. Did you know that? Do you have any idea that was happening? Because I sure didn't. Uh, the Calgary Flames and Winnipeg Jets played an outdoor game in Regina, Saskatchewan, where I must point out it is already snowing. It was 2-1 win in OT for the Jets, if you're wondering. Uh, Adam Lowry of the Jets will have a disciplinary hearing for a hit to the head late in the second period of that game. What would an outdoor game be without a questionable hit to the head. Like I said off the top, Sports Equinox over the weekend, and that includes three games from the World Series in three days. Last time we talked, on Friday, we had Hannah 
Kaiser on the show from Yahoo Sports MLB. The Nationals were up 2-0. Everything was looking great. They were heading home for the first World Series games in Washington since 1933 and the first ever for the Nationals franchise. And that story is over. Completely different now. The Astros won 4-1 in Game 3 on Friday. They won 8-1 in Game 4 on Saturday to tie the series up. And then we came into Sunday, spent most of the day expecting just this excellent pitching matchup, the best you could possibly hope for, Garrett Cole against Max Scherzer. But about 4.30 Eastern time, about four hours before first pitch, we heard that Scherzer would be unable to make the start due to literally a pain in the neck. And he is one of those guys. He's a gamer through and through. He's a he's fired up. He's dedicated. He's fiery. He plays through everything. So you know it had to be pretty bad. They threw in Joe Ross, sort of last-minute addition, Joe Ross. He pitched okay. He went five innings, gave up four runs with a pair of two-run homers. It was enough to keep the Nats in the game for a while, but it was not enough to change the scoreline in any way. Garrett Cole, too good, and he has been too good basically all year long. No fault there. The Astros win game five, seven to one. The Nats score three runs in three games at home. Not what you want if you're a fan of the Nationals finally getting to see a World Series game. Now we head back to Houston for Game 6. The Astros have a chance to win their second World Series in three years while the Nats just try to hold on. And just because all four major sports were in action on Sunday, that doesn't mean that's all there was. There was even more sports than just those two major four. Tiger Woods won the Zozo Championship in Japan yesterday, and normally we would not be talking about the Zozo Championship, even if it was Tiger, but it was his 82nd career PGA Tour victory. That pulls him into a tie with Sam Snead for the most victories, tournament victories, that is, all time in PGA Tour history. He finished the day 19 under par. He is one tournament away from being the winningest golfer in PGA Tour history. Who else but Tiger Woods would hold that honor? Uh, one more win, and it's all his. And finally, Whew, that's a lot of sports. That's a lot of sports to talk about in one morning. Finally, this morning, Bianca Andreescu plays her first match at the WTA Finals. She is going up against former world number one and the player she grew up idolizing, Simona Halep. The tournament, if you don't know about it, really cool setup. The top eight seeds in women's tennis are split into two groups of four. They play round robin against each other. Everybody plays everybody once in your group. And then the top two of each group face off. The winners of that play for the title. A neat wrinkle, a nice change-up versus single elimination tournaments. And Bianca, as the four seed, is making her first appearance in this event. She had a great, great record this year against top 10 opponents. And that will be put to the test against seven of the best players in the world. Something fun to watch in the morning's over the rest of the week, and that starts this morning. And that's all the time there is for this morning's show. Holy cow, that was a lot of sports to talk about in just a few short minutes. And it doesn't stop. We are still rolling forward. We're in the heart of the sports calendar. The Raptors back at it tonight against the Orlando Magic. Tip-off for that game, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I will be right here to talk to you about it and to recap everything else from the world of sports tomorrow morning. In the meantime, until we talk next, get out there, start your week right, and enjoy your Monday. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.